Welcome to the Dig Endurance Podcast, where we are all about digging deep and discovering the power of emotional resilience. I'm Aaron, and I'm joined by my brother, Sean. As endurance athletes and business owners, we have learned a thing or two about facing and overcoming adversity. We are here to share inspiring stories from our guests that will help you to find that inner strength when you feel like you are running on empty. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Welcome to the Dig Endurance Podcast. I'm Aaron. Sean here as usual. Hey. Today we've got Ash joining us for the podcast. Most important guest of the year so far. Um, of all time. All time. Uh, <laughs> we've talked a ton about Forward. Ash is a partner with uh, myself and Sean on Forward. Uh, he's been working with us for the last, going on over three years. Uh, Ash and I have known each other for almost 20 years. A long time. We, Sorry about uh, that. we met actually as serving as missionaries for our church um, in the training center for our missions. And um, oh, you met in the MTC, we not, did. not we New did. Jersey. No, MTC. we met in the MTC. And um, from there, just became really good friends, stayed in touch over the years. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, more of our, uh, our journey. But basically, when the time finally was right, Ash and I have always wanted to work together and do projects together. And that opportunity finally came about, yeah, three or four years ago. So here we are. We are doing the podcast today from the site of one of Ash and I's projects. We are in a 28,000 square foot facility um, for a business that we are opening in another 60 days or so. That's the goal. It's called Sictron. Um, it is an indoor family entertainment center. Ash and I have been doing, and the other two partners that we work with, who will probably get a chance down the road to chat with them too. Um, we've been doing trampoline parks for almost 10 years. Ash has got multi-unit um, restaurant experience beyond that as well. Um, but um, this is our first solo project where we've got all that experience but we're finally opening a business on our own um on our very first podcast we talked about a little bit of why sean and i are doing dig and what this is about we talked about um turning the page on people who need to have the page turned on them i know ash knows what i'm talking about got plenty of those and uh sigtron is the the uh I think the epitome of that. We, we got to a point, Ash and I um, had a lot of success in the trampoline park world. And, um, you know, it's really, we, had, we enjoyed running them and operating them, but we were at the mercy of the typical corporate politics, you can call them, and, and those sorts of things. And um, Anyway, it's been a long journey to finally be free and to do this on our own and on our own terms. And that's what's going on now. And this is the culmination of about five years worth of, I don't know, call it ambition and planning and discussions and pre-approvals and more pre-approvals and actual approvals and plan submissions and city approvals and about, what, four or five weeks ago, the actual construction began so okay so start start obviously you guys work together trampoline parks 
Yep. Like physically, we're working at the same park. Yep. So would you go ahead? <clears throat> well, not at the same park. Um, you know, oh, I, so oh I, sorry, same company. So same Co- company. company. So we, we work pretty independently, and really our relationship for a long time has been parallel but independent. So, you know, even as missionaries when we first met, we got to know each other for about three weeks, and then I didn't see Aaron for a long time because we didn't really work together in the field as, as missionaries. So they knew better than to put you guys together <laughs> as, as companions, clearly. And we've, we've talked about working together for a long time. Um, so we, ended, we did end up working in circus tricks together. I worked out of St. Louis. Aaron worked out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he oversaw several parks, uh, one I was, of which was mine for yeah, a while. Yeah, I, I technically was Ash's boss, but that was easy because Ash was one of the ones I never had to worry about, so yeah. he, he made the job good, hmm. but anyway. Yeah, until eventually we decided to join forces on Forward, get that company up and going, and now we're on to our, our next project that we've been kind of talking about in the in the background for quite a while. But how, okay, so, right, so the background chatter you guys were talking about, how, when were you like... Hey, let's sit down and like check box one, right? You know what I mean? We're like, yeah. this when, is a thing now. When this, going when to this happen. finally happened, I had just acquired Forward um, with with that group, and but then COVID hit. So remember when everything was shut down? You're not working. I'm not working. He's not working. No one's working. COVID's just completely, you know, sidelined everybody. Yeah. Then. We applied for and got our first EIDL funding, which was COVID-related. It's like a government assistance loan to get you back on your feet. Uh-huh. When that first came in and hit, and I literally had to, we had no staff at that time for forward because we had to lay everyone off like most companies during this the like COVID April, period. April, May of 2020. 2020. Okay. I knew that my first rehire, getting back on my feet, was bringing Ash in. I literally called Ash the day it funded and said, we, we'd already had we'd, we'd been talking plane, million, plane ticket is purchased yeah, we'd get we, over we'd here. already had a million <laughs> conversations about um, you know working together and when that timing might be or what that might look like but then when the when the loan finally funded I, I did I remember I was in Las Vegas visiting Kelsey's family and I, I, I had lunch I got a, all of a sudden an email boop you know EIDL funded first phone call was like Ash it's time and I think we booked the moving truck. If it wasn't that day, it was the next day. It was, day. yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, I remember the moving truck. And, and now I remember. So I actually drove out, or no, flew out, and we packed up Ash's house. Isn't it with and, McKay or something? Yeah, McKay yeah, came. McKay, McKay came out. McKay came out. <laughs> and it was McKay's, his birthday, too. Yeah. <laughs> McKay's our brother, by the way, for those who don't know. But, um, yeah, packed up Ash's house, and we moved him out here. Okay, but Sictron. How, what, yeah, we, we know forward's going. We know you're doing that. But when were you like, hey... All right, here's the deal. Like, let's let's go. Because, and the reason I'm asking this is I don't want the information, but I know people listening that start businesses or want to. Everyone has those ideas. We all want to be entrepreneurs, do our, do our own thing. But I have minimal business experience, and most of mine has been heavily supported by people like you, Ash, or Aaron, or other partners, whatever it is. How do people start? Like, what? How does it begin? Where do you sit at a start? table? Sure. Do you start doing calendar invite? Like, how do people actually be like, this is going to be a thing? How did that look for you? Map it out. What were the, I mean, we want to hear all this well, speed bumps and I'll, challenges. I'll turn over to Ash real quick. I'm, I'll let him do most of the talking. But one thing I just want to say is like, for, for me and Ash, when we do something, like, we do it well. And we, we make it that we actually have a lot of differences. Ash and I are actually very different people. But one thing we share in common is like, if I'm operating a business or like same with him, no one will do it better than I will. 
Like, period. There's no exceptions. Like, that's it. Like, I'm going to do it better than everybody I'm not, else. I'm not going to debate that. And and um, I think what we realized very quickly, or when we'd known for a long time, is when you when you realize how much effort and how well you're running something, at least I can speak for ourselves. Some people don't feel this way, but but you're doing it for someone else, or at someone else's mercy, or they don't fully appreciate what you're doing, or you're you know really benefiting them, but not yourself and your family as much as you could. I think what's lined Ash and I for a long, long time was what what the heck are we doing working so hard and putting in our sweat, literal sweat, blood and tears for other people, especially some that didn't even treat us very well or appreciate the kind of people we were. Okay. Let's just do this for ourselves once and for all. So okay. anyway, that's to yeah. turn over to Ash. But I mean, what I'll take it back to is I've always known I'm an entrepreneur and <clears throat> for me, I think what, what, what it comes down to is when I looked at all these different career opportunities, I don't, I don't have a problem working for somebody else. In fact, I have a lot of respect for people that think that way. But for me, it's more about problem solving. I'm a problem solver. I like to, to look at things that are complicated. I like to look at puzzles. I like to look at you know, obstacles that most people want to be like, yeah, I can't do that. I can't achieve that. That's right. too much work. And for me, that's, that's what makes me want to work. I like working. And it doesn't matter the, you know, the, the job. I mean, even from the time I was 11 years old, as, as a, just delivering papers as a paper boy, I've worked you know, every position in a restaurant. And I've always enjoyed the work all the way up. But um, you're restricted. You don't have a lot of freedom. As Aaron talked about with our, with our last company in the trampoline park industry, you have to follow their parameters. You have to follow their guidelines. And there's a lot of smart people that obviously put a lot of work into it to create, you know, the, the vision that they have. But for me, I, I'm, an, I'm an innovator. I'm always looking at how can I make things a little bit better? How can I make the experience um, a little more positive? Whatever the next step is to grow or to be better, that's where my mindset is at. And, you know, to, to, to Aaron's point of, of talking about how nobody's going to do it better than Aaron, I, I think that can sound like ego, but what, I re, what, it, what it really comes down to is, Nobody's more dedicated because if, if I see that somebody else is doing something better, I'm happy to humble myself and apply their ideas or look at ways to challenge myself to be better. But regardless of how any company I've ever worked for feels, I've always felt like I have higher standards than the company I work for. Meaning if they're asking me to you know, achieve XYZ, a clean business, great customer service, great training, whatever those standards are, I by default want to have a better experience. Because it's not just about me. I want to make sure that my employees are well-trained, well-taken care of, that there's a good positive culture, that we're, we're operating in a place that's like a step above, you know, what everybody else walks into. When a customer walks in, they should automatically feel like, hey, this place is awesome. Not just because of what the product is to offer, but because everybody cares, everybody's genuinely interested, and not overselling it because I, you know, the, the fake, the fakeness that people put on sometimes you can feel it. Yeah. Like you can walk in where somebody's required to be I, really nice to you and, and you yeah. can kind of tell <laughs> yeah. that it's, it's not really coming from a genuine place. And that's good clarification. Like, and I, I, what Ash is saying, I should probably clarify my comments a little better too. It's, it's not, I mean, any, any entrepreneur, if you, if you don't have somewhat, I don't know if the right word is ego or just motivation or like competitive nature, then I feel like being an entrepreneur is not for you, in my opinion. But it's not that it's not that you're like that you're um, superior to everybody else. It's it's more about what Ash said. It's about the standards. It's that mine and his mindset are 
I instantly see what something is, and it's like, oh, that's good, but like it could be there, and it's there, and like to get it to here is not like that much. It doesn't take that much more or that much more processor work or that much more investment to get to there. So why don't we take it to there? But then you realize working for other people, and and I agree, Ash is right. I think when you work for people like us, people who actually listen and people who appreciate their workers and empower their workers, um, that it's really fun to work for people like us, in my opinion. I think those people are few and far between. I think, unfortunately, the more common experience is what the three of us have experienced elsewhere, where people micromanage or don't appreciate the value you bring or don't really want to listen to those ideas, um, which, of course, makes it difficult when, you know, it's not really about the money. It's about what Ash said. It's about, like, you you can see what it can become. You have great ideas to take it further, and that's where your fulfillment fulfillment comes in. And I'm not, I'm not talking like a... Um, I can sit in a room, just like the three of us do every day. I don't have to have the idea that wins. That's, that's not what I'm getting at. But it's like, Ash knows this too. I've been, in, I've been in conversations with past employers we've had where it's like, no idea wins. It's just like, status quo, all the time, same things, day in, week in, month in. Like, nothing ever changes or improves. That well, becomes tiresome after a while. And that's, that's what really drives me away from some of those entities. Like, I'll never forget um, an experience I had, you know, working at the YMCA. Everybody's sitting at the table thinking the same thing. How do we grow revenue? How do we grow the business? How do we offer more products for our or more diverse ideas, you know, to everybody that's coming into the YMCA? And I sat there with all these directors, and everyone is putting forward ideas that make, like, no money. <laughs> uh, like, for example, and I, I, I hate to, you know, make sound negative on this guy, but... Uh, the, the golf, the guy, the, the guy in charge of golf at the time, really awesome guy, but he basically was sitting there telling everyone how he had signed up like two kids for private lessons. And I'm like, listen, that's great. I'm, I'm all for helping out those two kids. Two kids in like a month or like what? Like, yeah, in like a month. So I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that's awesome. So we're, we're talking about bringing in like what, $60 or something like that. Um, I'm trying to put ideas forward on the table. Like I wanted to partner with a local hospital that was very passionate at the time about, you know, broadening their health and wellness program. And I basically said, why don't we go offer them a super discount where they, where the hospital pays for all of their employees. They're willing to do this by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're eager to find somebody to partner with. Yeah. And I said, look, if we just charge like five bucks, you know, per employee, um, and then we can also allow the employee to like bring their family members in and they would pay for their, their added family members. But let's just say it's just the employees. That would bring the YMCA uh, another $40,000 a year. And it was met with resistance. Immediately everyone's like, well, that's not really fair to other companies. I'm like, we can make the same offer to other companies. I'm like, this offer is for a hospital that has over 4,000 employees and, you know, we, we can work it out. The people can opt in. We, we can scale it a couple different ways. Um, and I was just trying to capture, like, you know, maybe somewhere around 1,000 employees at the time. And the hospital was all for this. But the idea shut down. And so I'm sitting around listening to all these directors talk about, oh, let's make $60 here. Let's make $100 here. Here's what I'm doing to, you know, get two, two more people in a swimming program. And I'm like, I just put an, an idea out there that will bring $40,000 that the hospital wants to do. And immediately everyone is a naysayer. And I think this kind of plays to what, what Aaron's saying. And I've experienced that so many times in so many companies 
where I'm just trying to make something better. I'm like, this is something that benefits the company, and I don't have to be right all the time. You know, it's like, okay, well, if we're going to shoot down my idea, does somebody else have something else comparable or better but that, we can, that we can navigate to? But it, it's and not, there's not. But it, and it's not necessarily about that. Like, that, that's true, but, but the reality is when other people are sitting at the table, it's almost like, well, that's not my idea, therefore, shoot it down. Like, yeah. not, not because they have a better solution. It's just because they feel, I don't know, threatened, what, whatever the word is. Like, there's a lot of people that are, again, it just goes back to the corporate politics. And there's so much that does not get done because of other people's, again, ego, feelings, whatever, that with, with Ash and I, the results we achieve is because we've, you know, listen, we, we have disagreements. We fight like brothers. Uh, sometimes no. yeah yeah just a little bit really but at the end of the day we also get over it like quickly and it's just like okay you know we come to terms we agree we hash it out and then you know we arrive at the best thing sometimes it's like hey we'll give that a try and if it doesn't work out again we can you know you know digress and figure out the next best thing but we do it quickly what with with other companies we've experienced like what he mentioned and, and others we've worked for it's where where I've seen things take months or years to play out, those things happen in, in mine and Ash's playground in about days, Quickly. days or weeks. It's like, okay, that's not working. Redirect. Oh, hey, that worked well. Do it. Do it on a larger scale. I would agree. Whereas you've got these other, you know, folks in these roles where it's just like, you know, they just let it sit and sit and sit. And like Ash said earlier, they it, it, the results show Correct when you go to some wrong, such places. But in my experience those types of environments companies whatever you want to call them they are beyond visible the second you walk oh, sure. in the front door oh yeah and they lack of and, innovation and they, you and know well, yeah, they're, they're checked out i mean a lot of businesses you, you see literally people you know that, yeah. it's funny they're 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 not active in their business yeah and they're, it's not enjoyable to even they, be well, in they, there, they, let alone the service they, they flesh out their own talent you know that, at the end of the day <clears> so i mean that's kind of where it's at i mean this uh where ash and i came from they're they're still around today um and um, there, it's a shell of what it used to be, um, and um, you know. But uh, what 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 happens essentially is no, nothing really changes, or if, if anything, that steps have been taken backwards, and then you know it leaves opportunities for others to to do what we do, and that is to operate better and to do what we love, which is to create a product that we know people will be drawn toward, and that's what's happening here, you know, with Sictron. Um and so. You know, but I'm grateful for those experiences because the reality is like once I think Ash would agree, it's not, it doesn't become easy. It's not like all of a sudden we decide, Hey, we're going to work together. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is like every day is heaven on earth. As a matter of fact, I think it actually got a lot harder in some respects. Um, because you know, a lot of those companies have very deep pockets or, you know, have resources that you don't have and you're operating on a smaller scale. So you have to get a lot more creative. Um, but I do think that, and I'll let speak, Ash speak to this, but I'll be surprised if he disagrees. If I had to choose between working for myself and dealing with, you know, the, the, the tightness on money that comes with that or the stress that comes with that, sometimes sleepless nights managing employees and knowing that it's really your neck on the line at the end of the day versus like corporate grind day in and day out. And maybe that means I sleep better at night. I'm not stressing as much, but ultimately like I'm working for the man or for people that don't value me or that don't really, aren't really out to like build a superior, like 
product or to continue to grow and develop, I'm picking working for myself all day, every day, even if that means that, you know, life is, is harder. I'm going through harder things as an entrepreneur. Um, it's just, it's just worth it to me because at the end of the day, if what, what I've learned is Ash and I have made mistakes. We've, you know, there's been some really hard times the last few years, but the reality is like, I think we're both the happiest, most fulfilled we've ever been. And what I'm learning each year is for every, for every one or two steps back we take or each challenge we get, like more doors, more doors have definitely opened in the last three years, I think, than have ever opened our entire career since we've made the decision to like come together and do what we've always wanted to do. And honestly, like there might've been some good arguments to put that off and to wait. I, don't, I think that we would have been further behind had we done that than if we decided to start like we did, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, and I'll just say it, it just kind of goes back to being an entrepreneur. And, and like I was saying, working for other companies, I'm happy to do that as long as the vision is healthy, the direction is healthy, the growth is healthy. Um, but when you work for people that have no vision, just want to basically punch in, punch out, they're there just for a paycheck, they're there to meet the minimum standards, I can't do it. I yeah. can't do it. I, I have way more drive than that. And, <clears throat> you know, the reality is success across the board, um, you know, as you try to achieve success in any category, you're always going to fail before you get there. I, I think it's okay to make mistakes. I think some people are scared to take risks. Um, my thought is I only need to agree with Aaron on 80% of things. <laughs> and it's, it's my same approach with everything. I only need to get it 80% right. Because if I can get it 80% right, we have momentum. We're going in the right direction. I care more about the direction than being perfect. Some people spend so much time planning and thinking. And doing nothing. And overthinking that they really do nothing. Yeah. Get 80% right. That last 20%, I'm going to work on that next. I'm not going to ignore it. But if I can get my 80% correct, I'm going to go troubleshoot and, and have my arguments and, and figure out whatever I need to do to overcome the obstacle that I'm facing. And that's really what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So does that, is that, can that be added to like starting the company where even you're just in the basic planning phase when you want 100%. it to become something real and you're, you're overthinking sure. like what steps I want to do, whatever. Can you yeah. just be like, hey, here's <clears throat> 10 steps that we need to do. We're going to pick the order and we might be 70 or 80% incorrect, but at least the and, ball is rolling. And yeah, <clears throat> and, and listen, this is relevant to Dig. I, I really wanted to have this conversation here because it's not, I feel like I've done a little injustice because it's not, it's not like it's so easy and I hope I haven't like, I don't know, painted it this way. Like Ash and I just decided, Hey, we're going to, we're going to work together and work for, you know, work on our own. And that's it. Like it didn't just like happen, snap a finger. Like it's freaking hard. Like there's a lot of people where you're working. They're going to say, and, and that did say to Ash and I, like, you're dumb. You're leaving behind something good, you know, and, and great that's going on. Or, or frankly, they'll just, they'll just talk trash to talk trash and sure. be like, well, these guys don't know what they're doing. They, you know, they're untested. They don't, they're not gonna be able to do like, with that's this never going to stop. They don't have it's the resources, you know? And then, and then if, if not that there's always, you know, family and friends, well-meaning some are, some are not well-meaning. Some are just jerks, jealous, all the things we, we get, Ash and I still get those people, um, rest in peace. But those then, the then there's the other, there's the other people that are, you know, well-intentioned family that are still like, um, you know, they're looking out for you. But they, they're still naysayers. They give you every what yes. if scenario. Yes. What it, if this negative yeah. thing could happen? <laughs> and, and I really place everybody into two categories. Like there are people that are genuine naysayers. They're just negative all the time. Yeah. The, those people, you have to cut them out. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you do. It's, it's always just negativity. And, like, and quite frankly, it seems like they want you to fail. The second group of people will disagree with you. They'll give you negative comments. But they're usually trying to come from a place 
of a lack of understanding or they're trying to criticize you in a way that like, well, hey, did you think about this risk or that risk? And you have to say, yes, I have. And those people I'll listen to. Like, I don't want to surround myself with yes men who tell me every idea I have is right. In fact, I would rather be around people I disagree with. That's why like, I'm, I, I don't want to agree with Aaron on everything. Because the only way we're going to get the best result is if we argue about what the best result actually is. Agree. Um, so again, if I can get it 80% right, that last 20%, I'll figure it out. We'll get that feedback from customers. I'll get like that, that feedback from my partners. I'll get that feedback from family. Even if, you know, they sound negative, it is well-intentioned. You know, they, they just, they don't have the drive or the risk, well, you know, when people come in with that negativity. And, and whether it's, whether it's haters, like true haters, they're just trying to, to, you know, talk you down or hate, stop you or, or, you know, be jealous of you or whatever, or like well-intentioned family. What I realize is there is one thing very often that they both have actually in common. When people are trying to like, hey, you know, don't do that or like, you know, naysay or whatever, 99.9% of the time, you know what they have not done? What it is you're trying to do. Or, a lot of them are coming else. from a place of naysaying <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. How many businesses have, have you have you ever stuck your neck out? Have you ever tried or you ever taken a risk? And often the answer is no. And I realize, like, like what Ash said, like I'm willing to take people like advice from people like Dad, for instance. He is an entrepreneur. He's he's been through my journey similar way, you know, or for advice from like such people who have who have taken missteps, you know, maybe no, not not the timing wasn't right, or if they could do it again, they would have done this differently. It's I guess my point is the way I filter out that advice is like, if you haven't even taken the leap yourself, I'm like, then don't, I don't want to hear it. Well-intentioned or not. Like if you've been here before, then like, let's have that conversation. But like so many people that naysay just haven't even more often than not, they've done less than what I have. And most of their comments are weak and overgeneralized. I, I, I take this back to this position, um, what I call fake teachers, and it's a business that it's, it's a principle that's brought up in business a lot across the board. But the reality is, if you want to be an entrepreneur, go talk to actual entrepreneurs for sure. Right? It's the same principle with any with anything else. Like whatever your dream is, go talk to the people that have done it. And most of the time, you're going to learn from their experience by them telling you about their failures. They'll say, "Hey, I was overconfident, or I thought all these different ways of success would come, but in reality, I had all these challenges." That's who I want to hear from. Most people that want to give you advice, I feel like are a fake teacher that have never done it. They don't know the real obstacles. They don't know the real grind. They don't know the real struggle and sacrifice that you have to make. You have to be all in 110%. If you don't have resilience, you will not make it. There's no scenario. And, and quite frankly, I, I would tell people don't do it unless you're, you're all in. Similar to like, you know, training. It's like if you're going to prep for a marathon and I went to like 10 people who've never run one. Well, that sounds hard. Oh, 26 miles. I don't think I'd do that. Versus like, you know, a coach like we seek out who's like, yeah, I've done it. Here's what I wouldn't do again. Here's what I've done that's worked well. It's the exact same thing. Exact same principles just yeah. on the business side. I mean, I think that's what I've realized. Um, and so, yeah, I mean. That goes we, along with what Ash was saying, the 80-20. Like training can be 90-10 or whatever, but like you're going to get some of it right, a large portion. But what you don't get right, you're definitely well, going to learn to adapt, change, grow. So you're well, going to fill in well, that re the, the rest. Yeah, the, fir the first thing I'd say is, like I said, many or most of these people have done less than people like Ash and I have. So it's not even worth listening. And then the second thing is, okay, so some things are going to go wrong. And like... It's as if it's like, I think Ash said this earlier too, like 
business, you can make mistakes. Like some suck a lot more than others, I'll say that, but it's like sometimes the best way to learn is to make a mistake. Like, and the only way to, the only way to learn often is to make a mistake. We've made mistakes, some small ones, some real big ones the last few years, honestly. Um, but like, those are sometimes the best lessons. And honestly, those end up where they cost a lot of money. Sometimes they actually save the most money, like down the road. Um, I mean, doing, doing business in California, <laughs> I would say it's, it's almost impossible to not make a mistake. Lots of red tape. Um, and, lots of and so like, <laughs> it, go, it really goes back to what Ash said earlier. It's like, you can sit there and like, and it's like, it's the wait and wait and wait principle. All you're going to be doing is waiting your whole freaking life. Or you can finally just jump in and realize that, you, you know what, like, I feel confident in my ability to get most of this right. And I'm surrounding myself with enough good people, like we've talked about, to help me get it right. But it's like, there is an allowance for making mistakes. And, and actually, like, you should make some, because it's going to inform your decisions down the road. So like, even if some of the naysayers are right, okay, like, I can afford, I can afford a mistake or two, and we're going to be okay. And that's that's how it's been for ash and i also so anyway with forward the last few years you know ash and i i think the timings worked really well because you know sean you know this too i think i think we've built a really a really good team behavioral mental health is its own its own challenge and this this kind of speaks to what ash and i are talking about like we we don't come from a behavioral mental health background i have i have an insurance background like you know i've worked and done auditing and stuff for health insurance and hospitals. But beyond that, like Ash and I had never operated behavioral mental health centers, but a lot of the principles of business, you know, they apply across many different sectors. And we've also had to learn some lessons that we just couldn't learn any other way other than just Definitely. by getting in the pool and swimming. Definitely does seem like a, like an odd choice before, you know, before it's, all the history that you have here, yeah. like just like, Oh, you guys are going to, it, it, it is, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, company. It, it, while there's been some challenges, I also think that this industry benefits from people like Ash and I who bring experience and a speed of work that um, is not typical in, in this industry. So it, it, it's, I think it's, yeah, we've learned hard lessons. We've also brought our skill set that's been good, though, for the company. Too. Very good. Um, yeah. And so it's been, over the last few years, the timing... It's also we've served hundreds we've, of families. We've built out a, it's 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 benefited a lot of families. We've also built out I think a really good team that's taken a lot of work to get to. And now, you know, along the way at the same time, you know, we've worked on Sigtron. And I think some people wonder how you're able to do that. Well, at the end of the day like Ash and I don't do everything. Um, you know, build a team. Just like you're part of the forward team, Sean. I mean, we 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 yeah, we build a good team. We empower people to do the job they're supposed to do and we rely on them. And, you know, that's what's allowing us to also, like, work on, you know, Sigtron and get it up and going while Forward is, is you know, succeeding and, and progressing at the same time. Um, and that timing right now is, is really good. And where, where our experience does help is, you know, Ash and I both have multi-unit experience where you're used to, like, running multiple teams. Um, and, you know where you've got good partners and people with different skill sets. Actually, you know, we agree and disagree on things, but at the same time too, like we also have different skill sets. Like Ash has a different skill set than I have and vice versa. And so 
and same with our other two partners on you know on Sictron. There's four of us total. So it's nice is like where one of us might be out of our depth or maybe not the best to custom, the other one steps in. Um, and really that pie pretty much gets sliced, yeah, probably right, right about a quarter way each, which, you know, makes it bearable. Um, and um, I guess my point is, do Ash and I like, do we work more than your typical person? Yeah, probably. We're always taking calls and stuff like that. But at the same time, because we have the teams that we put in place, and I, I will say it takes more work on the front end to do that, for sure. A lot <laughs> more work on the Still front end. Still have to build the team, but, but it's But once it. you get it that way and you've, you've got that trust and those relationships built and you've trained and empowered people, that's when the fun part really kicks in. And you start to watch the teams really work and pull their weight. And then it becomes, instead of you kind of like having to be so involved, it's like check-ins here and there where well, your team is really running it. And the success is shared. I mean, because your team feels it too. Yeah. You're, you're giving opportunity for others to advance their careers, for them to make more money, for them to have passion and, and grow in what they're doing. I mean, one thing I'll say about Forward is you, you have to check your ego. And this is where I think it's, it's healthy to have an outside perspective and to get that and to ask of that of others. I mean, Aaron and I coming in, just asking the questions, you can feel the echo chamber just get frustrated because in their mind, it's this is how it always is. This is the status quo. But you see a lot of these clinicians that go, yeah, actually, I think we could make this better. I, I, I think we could change some ideas in the environment and how we're doing this um, to be more positive, more inviting, to make families feel more welcome, whatever the topic is. Um, but most of the time, there's this hesitation to even ask the question out loud of how can we be better? You know, and that's that's a huge ego check for everybody. It can make you feel really humble fast um, if you haven't even considered it or, or looked at it or thought about it. But it broadens their perspective. They can see the potential of how we can take things in a better direction. Um, and Aaron touched on the other, another key principle, I think, if you want to be an entrepreneur, which is you actually do have to be an expert. I don't think that if you know nothing about business or starting a business, you should just go out and do it tomorrow. In fact, I would recommend you go work your way up from an entry-level position. Go find something you're passionate about and go learn the work. Actually know what you're talking about. And you've got to be able to relate to your whole team. You know, there's, there's nothing I'm not willing to do in the company in any position that I, that I can do. Uh, you know, for example, and it's, and it's often the things that people hate doing about their job. It's so like, for example, uh, in, the, in the trampoline park industry, you know, you, you would get someone that was being a little nefarious and they'd go poop in a urinal. And it's disgusting and nobody wants to deal with that. All my managers would come in and they'd argue about who's going to go clean it. And while they're arguing about it, you know, I would just go clean it. Boom. I would just take mm-hmm. care immediately. And then they come in and it's just like, ah, oh, I missed an opportunity to like earn some respect and show everybody I'm, I'm willing to step that in. And, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. Every time, yeah. whatever, whatever the thing that's difficult is, um, that's the thing that you should go do. And a lot of people just avoid that problem. I, I've heard this principle from a friend of mine talking about his dad looking down on a soccer field and there was dog poop in the middle of the soccer field. And all the kids were, like, hitting the ball around it, and it was kind of creating this obstacle, and it was disrupting the game. And, and he's just watching everyone ignore the problem. And so he just gets up out of the bleachers and goes and cleans it up and removes it. And all of a sudden, the game goes back to normal. There's peace. There's productivity. And so, um, you know, my, my, my thought on that is you have to take the initiative. It doesn't matter what the problem is or what the opportunity is. Take the initiative. The second thing is go actually get skills. Learn each position in a company. Because if you don't know the, the, the skill set, 
then you can't be innovative. You can't come up with better ideas. You can't come up with a better way of doing things because you don't even know how to do it in the first place. Mm -hmm. But you'll get to a point and you have to be a little bit patient and maybe it takes you five years, maybe it takes you 10 years, but all that experience will really open the door for you to go and do your own idea, go do your own plan and, and actually see the success take place. But if you're not constantly working on building your skills and you're doing it just for money, you're going to find that you have a weak product. You're going to find that your team doesn't believe in the product or you. And yeah, maybe you'll make some money, but you'll just be kind of coasting by instead of really, you know, driving something, something yeah. to be passionate about. And I think what Ash is getting at too, and this goes back to our previous experience, is like leadership. Like business, a successful business requires actual like strong leadership where Ash and I, frankly, the people we'd work for were just such weak leaders, just such tellers, not doers, like just such dictators, not doers. Like real leaders is like in, in the trenches, like right there, shoulder to shoulder with your staff, showing them by example, training how to do it. Like if you're, if you're going to bark the orders or like get upset, you better be prepared to show how to do it better then. Otherwise, your team's just going to sit there and be like, what are you talking about? Um, like, being a business owner requires actual leadership. And I think, too, like, I think it's E-Myth, one of those books. Basically, it's, it's just because you're good at making cupcakes doesn't mean you should start a bakery. Like, I don't know anything about cupcakes, but I'm very confident that like if you took your average baker off the street, I could run a way better bakery than they could <laughs> because it's not about the cupcakes. Yes, it's it's like, yeah. it's like I can hire a baker. I can hire someone who has that knowledge, but it's like, are you a leader? Like, can you work, can you work a P and L? Do you know how to sell? Do you want to keep a clean establishment? You know how to navigate the law in your state, in your city, in your County, you know how to hire and fire and train people. It's not about the cupcakes. It's about the business. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, leadership and like to Ash's point too, like actual skills. And I, you know, this is advice that dad gave me, you know, when you're, I, I remember being young and like, man, looking forward to like being able to do my own business. And, you know, dad's advice was, was exactly what Ash said. It was go get experience first, go work places first, um, for two reasons. One is learn what they do well. And as Ash and I've discussed, learn, learn what they don't do well. You know, and then you take that back with you and then, you know, operate your business. Funny story. You know, I learned how to run residentials and IOPs. The very bottom is a detox tech. I was fired multiple times for falling asleep <laughs> over and over. But I learned. I learned how to do it. The ins, the outs, the billings, the groups, the documentation, everything, ins and outs. And slowly went up until the opportunity presented. It took years but it is literally what you just said. I started at the bar. I was even fired about it. Fired multiple times. Well, and then the difference too is, I mean, like you value it. Like when yeah. you when you've been a cog in the grand scheme of a you know larger company that's typical out there. When you have when you build your own thing and you're doing what you have knowledge in, like you appreciate that like nothing else because nothing motivates me more than never wanting to go back to that. I only ever want to work for myself or yeah. with people that I want to work with. Yeah. Um, so, so frankly, not just getting the experience like what Ash talked about, that's important, but also just like, just feeling what that feels like. And then when you work on your own, to me, like it's night and day, 
like and again i i would never give that up again you know the freedom and, and the autonomy and just the ability to really make those decisions yeah, there's nothing um that. you know so but anyway so we're here on sigtron now um this is like i said taken going on five years we you know five getting years. getting to this point you know everything from what what is our concept going to be you know what's what's the colors going to be what's the layout going to be what's the name going to be and then you got to submit that you know to a lender you know get funding you got to choose your location you know which means dealing with a landlord signing a lease um you know ash and i have put a good deal of our own money into this as well as <laughs> hours and hours of our time same with our other two partners um this is like the part where we wanted to kind of bring it here today because you kind of see the culmination. This is the exciting part. This is like where you see it all start to come together with like literal physical stuff coming in your building. And in a matter of three or four months, um, you're going to have a top notch, you know, state of the art facility here. Um, and, and this is the exciting stuff. Like, you know, Ash and I agree, like the money takes care of itself. As long as you don't worry about the money, you operate to fulfill, you know, a need and a service. And, I, I'm excited about this because, you know, Sean, you, you and I are born here. We're from Fresno and West Fresno doesn't have anything like this. I Megan's mean, this mom is, is literally across the street. Yeah, take the yeah. kids here I all mean, the time. The favorite comments we're already getting, you know, emails and calls are starting to get. It's like, man, we have nothing like this over here. And I'm like, I know. I know. I, know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't care about any of the people that have no interest in coming here. I'm not trying to turn them into customers. I am only concerned about the people that either are excited about an idea like this, or if they better understand it, they would like to come and participate and, and be a part of this. That's that's who we want to cater to. And there's such a demand and such a need for this part of town for something like this yeah. um, that a lot of people will be excited about. And if, if we're working on that relationship with those families, the money will come, the success will come, the growth will come. Yep. You know, I just want to make sure that when they walk in the building, they're like, wow, this is something really exciting. I want to be a part of this. This is something that my kids can be active in instead of just being on screens all the time on a phone or a video game or whatever. They can actually be active, do something positive, do something healthy. Um, you know, and I feel like we're, we're moving in a direction in, as a society away from things like this. So the more opportunities we can present where people can come and be active and be healthy and have fun and spend time as a family... I, I think there'll be a, a huge need and a huge, yeah. uh, a huge crowd that will come. More and us. more people want experiences, I think, and this will give them very much uh, an experience. Um, and I think that's what's, you know, the major fulfillment from, you know, Ash and I doing what we do. It, it actually goes to forward too. Like people, when people appreciate the service and see the value in it and like they literally like go out of their way to like, you know, you get a lot of these calls too on the forward side. They're just like, man, thank you. Like, thank you for what you do and what you brought. Like, that's, that's the best. It like, the and best. that trumps, see, for all the naysayers you went through to get to where you got, then you start getting those comments and you're just like, that's, that's why we do it. You know? Well, there's, there's and, better than that. You know, going back to what I was saying about, um, you know, I have two groups of people that are the naysayers, right? There's, there's the, the group that are true naysayers that are always negative no matter what. Those people you have to cut out. The second group, you know, typically are, you know, people trying to give you criticism and feedback. And sometimes it's obvious truths that you already know. But what's interesting is, and what divides that group is, when you start actually having the success, you get 80% in and you're just working on that last 20. All of a sudden, all those critics become your allies. You know, they cheer for you. 
they say, oh, you know, I, I didn't think this was possible, but look at you. You are actually overcoming your obstacle. You are growing. You are achieving your dream, uh, whatever it is. Or it's my, my, fav- my favorite song. Sorry, Asher. My, my favorite song, these lines are when you start getting text messages from people that were hating on you or naysaying you, they're like, hey, hey, uh, I, I see that you're doing this still. And that, oh, man, it's looking okay. I can I can help you with this. I can support you. It's just like, <laughs> oh, now yeah. now you're a believer, and and they try to kind of like hop on the hop on the train, so on to speak, and train. and that that's even funnier too. That well, that anyway. goes back to, I think a little bit to like the little red hen. Yes, yes, right? yes. Where you you do open the doors up for people to join you, <laughs> and uh, you know the little red hen baking the bread or whatever. Yeah. But then nobody wants to do all the work to get to the loaf yep. of bread. But then at the end, everybody wants to eat it. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it is huh. funny, but. You know, at this at this point, um, yeah, and I think even just sitting here, and we're not even we're not even done yet. But I get so excited just like looking at what's going on around us. Like again, this is like my favorite part is watching it be built. I just think like, okay, so what if I would have listened? Like, and this goes back to even my decision to leave one job to go to you know Baton Rouge in the first place and open the first trampoline park. And there's plenty of people that told me that was crazy. So what if I had listened? Where would I be now? I don't know. Climb climb the ladder. You know, maybe have a six-figure job. Yeah, maybe still working for somebody else, you know, doing who's no, who knows what. Not really like my passion or what I love. Like maybe not living where I want to live. You know, right now, my stresses are mine to bear. As a business owner, Ash knows this very well too. Like you do put in the hours. You do bear the stress. You do have to put out the fires. But the successes are also like really yours to, to own and yeah. share in. And you really are the one that's delivering a service to people that love it. And you get to hear that feedback and receive it. So like if I, if Ash and I listen, we're not even here right now. We're not in this building, this Epic parks, not being built. None of this is happening. If we had believed that it wasn't possible. Um, but if we tune it out, like we know we can do and trust our experience and our gut and like, you know, all the work we've done, like we're here now and we're well on our way, 12 weeks shy of building what many people said you couldn't do, you shouldn't do, or a combination of both of those things. And to those haters, I say, here we are, thank you. And to those family members who say, or those ones that mean well, um, you know, thank you also, but maybe like reconsider, like when someone's trying to do something, you know, that they like, I, you know, I, if I'm going to be more negative, I guess, I, I don't even like the word negative, like to me, it's like realistic is more the word. I think, I think it's risk adverse. Risk adverse is good. I still try to tell people at the end of the day, like when I get a lot of people come to me advice, they know I own, own businesses or whatever, but I always tell them with the caveat. That is my experience. That was my experience. If you feel differently, like if your gut's telling you differently, if your insight's telling you differently, at the end of the day, dude, go for it, man. Like, I always try to like, at the end when I tell someone something, cause I, I try to, I very much try to go out of my way to not be a hater for people and just hate on their stuff just because. I just try to be that kind of person. I think I am that kind of person. But if I'm gonna be more risk averse like Ash said, or I'm like kind of like skeptic, I still always try to lace it at the end with like, hey, but man, listen, if you're gonna do it, good for you. And I support you and I hope it really goes well for you. You know, I'll still give them my straight, my straight shooter advice, but like, I never at the end of the day want to want me to be the reason that they just didn't like, you know, decide, well, I shouldn't go do this, whatever. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I still tell them you should trust your gut, trust your, you know, what you really feel is right, you know, but here's my experience. So anyway, I hope that more people take that approach and like try to be more supportive, I guess, in that way, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. I don't even have anything to add to that. <laughs> um, and then 
I mean, just frankly, we talk about endurance training. We talk about mental health, both of which <laughs> tie in very well to running a business. Absolutely. You better be ready to endure and stick it out. Hit wall after wall after wall, be hurdle consistent. after clear hurdle after hurdle, be consistent. Um, and then mental health wise, geez, you'll go into depression some days because you're, you're on your fifth bank trying to get you funded or you're, or you're, on, you're on your 10th government worker just trying to review the freaking plans and like actually know what they're doing. Um, so there's a lot of principles that apply, but even just from a business owner standpoint to those people that like, you know, are listening to our podcast and we're talking about, you know, overcoming adversity, digging in, like being a business owner is hard. Like, but at the end of the day, be ready to take the nose. Like you have to love your idea enough and have faith enough in your abilities that if you know you're going to work for it, if you know that nothing else matters more to you and you know that you're going to, you have a hard worker and have a decent skill set, and that you feel you're a good leader, then dude, like go for it, go for it. Like, you know, and, and listen to my, my only caveat on that is again, listen to others who have done it, who have been there. Real teachers. Yeah. Don't. If, if it's just naysay, if it's just naysayers yeah. or people that, but they haven't even done what it is you're trying to do, then get them, cut them out. Yeah. Get the ones, listen to the ones that have actually been there and done that and culminate that with your own experience and then make a decision. And you know what? More often than not, it's probably going to work out better than you think. That's awesome. I think you also have to go into it. Well, here's how I do it, I guess. I assume I'm going to fail. I just assume like that's what's going to happen unless I take action to do something about it. And you still have to also accept the reality that you you may fail you may make a mistake something that you do may end up in a in a big problem you have to be willing to take that risk and accept the consequences when they come but i think thinking that way you know i I can't tell you how many times i'll I'll hear somebody quote something about how many startups fail or how many businesses fail because there's also something to be said about like buying a pre-existing business versus a startup um a startup takes so much more work there are so many little things that go into it that you may not be thinking of and you know the likelihood that you're going to forget something or not take action on something that's semi-important that will have a consequence that will make it more difficult for you later it's going to happen you have to be willing to adapt daily to overcome those problems there will be something unforeseen no matter how many contingencies you do try to plan for you're going to have something you have to adapt to and if you're not ready to adapt on the fly it's not going to work out But I I think the only way to truly build resilience over time, if you really want to do this, I think it starts with gratitude and and attitude. If you wake up every day with a positive attitude and being grateful for everything that you have and every good positive thing that comes your way, it makes all the no's, it makes all the mistakes, it makes all the failures kind of just go away. Uh, People in sales understand this, I think, really well because they're told no all day long, right? And, And my mindset is you know what, if I go try to sell a product to 10 people, nine people might tell me no, and that is discouraging. But I'm looking just for the one person that says yes. If my ratio is 10%, okay, I want, I want to go find that, that one person. So I'm ready to receive nine no's if it means one yes. And then maybe I can improve that ratio to two people saying yes and eight people saying no, right? And then seven people saying no, yeah. three people saying yes. What, whatever that ratio looks like, you're going to build that resilience if, you're, if you just show gratitude for the one that says yes, the one person that supports you, the one person that joins your team, the one person that helps remove an obstacle out of your path, um, because there's going to be some big no's. You know, like it's really discouraging for us. We, we've, we've applied for bank loans in the past. It's gotten all the way through the process to one person 
everyone says yes, but there's one decision maker at the top <laughs> that holds the linchpin, and then they pull it on you. You know, and they say, well, we don't like startups. You know, you should, you should buy a franchise. You should have something pre-existing. Oh, gosh, yeah. They're like, this is too risky. This is too scary. And they all ask the wrong questions, right? Everybody likes to point out why all these businesses fail, but nobody really asks why the ones that succeed, succeed. And once again, the most ironic thing about these bankers you have to get the loan from, how many of them have started a business before? Yeah. Oh, I know. Probably almost none. They, they see it on paper, and I, I get it. I mean, they, they, there's a lot of money involved, and they're doing their risk assessment, and there's laws and regulations they have to follow and meet. And that's only gotten, that noose has only gotten tighter on the bankers, you know, with a lot of the laws and legislation that have passed in the last 15, 16 years. Um, but nonetheless... They're not coming in asking the right questions, and maybe it's hard for them to vet like how I, you know, an idea that would really actually do well. But if you have people that are coming in, you know, putting their own capital in, if you have people coming in with real expertise, real background in the industry, and they come to you with a real business plan that's been thought out and, and measured out, where we're taking all the contingencies, all the effects that, they need, that need to be thought through, all the budgets that need to be thought through, it's still insanely hard to get them to say yes. It is. Yeah. You can check every box that they want. Especially after COVID. Yeah. And, and they'll just say no. Because startups, for most people, are way too scary. So you have to be resilient. You have to believe that you can do it. And, and of course, what I can say is going through it, it's taken five years. Yeah. It didn't take yeah. six months. Of but, course, but we're here. We would, yeah, we wouldn't be here if we didn't get the one yes, you know. And I would just add, piggyback on what Ash said. Like, to me, it's not like this for everybody, but, you know. But to me, like the no's just become fuel. I, I'm like, just all no's are, and, and the haters and the and the, no, the naysayers, it's just fuel for the fire. I'm just like, great, no, say no. And now you're, I'm just gonna add you to the, the, the list of people that I'm gonna remember like, hey, remember when you said no? Remember when you said we can't do that or that's not possible? Remember that? Well, here we are, you know, Sectron's yeah. being built. Um, anyway, so, you know, if you're gonna, whether it's starting that business or, you know, doing that thing you've been waiting on doing, I, again, I think to in, some, in summary or wrapping up, like, get the experience, trust your experience, yeah. talk to the ones that have been there, that have done it, tune out the, tune out the others. Yeah. If people are just naysaying and they haven't even been there, then just whatever, don't care. Um, and then honestly, like, go with your gut, but like, stick by your decision. Like, you know, there, you know, there'll be days you're going to want to question it, but ultimately like, you got to have to see it through to the end and, um, Ash and I, and you will make some mistakes, but more often than not, those are not fatal mistakes. Um, and there's a lot of people that, that are often also the naysayers. They want to blow mistakes out of proportion. Like it's not the end of the world, make the mistake, learn from it, improve. And aim, aim to make small mistakes. I yeah. mean, like when I'm trying to get 80% right, you know, that's, that's where I'm aiming for like all the core critical stuff. That's really important. I don't want to, yeah. you know, get caught up in some lawsuit or something, No, but you know, so it's if if I can get all my critical stuff dialed in, the little things. You know, it, it, probably one of the hardest things in business is, is working with people. You know, in, in the food industry, we used to talk all the time about like, you know, making food. That's easy, okay. Working with people, that's hard. I, I'm not saying to intentionally. I agree. Like, don't just be like, oh, mistakes, whatever. Like, yeah. obviously, like, yeah, sure, try to avoid them. But my point is, like, don't be so perfectionistic that you don't move or that you don't do anything right. either. Like, you got to be careful for that. But Anyway, 
So we'll do. We're gonna we're gonna do like a two or three month update. When when we when we when we finish when we finish Shiktron here in the next you know six to eight weeks. Yeah, we'll right. we'll be back. So there's for, a rumor, for an update on the progress. There's a rumor going around. I'm not sure if it's real, but I guess when we do an update, <laughs> if people listening are lucky enough and privileged enough that the biggest 40th birthday party of 2024 <laughs> is happening here for someone yeah and if they're lucky to get an invite that'll happen invite. so we'll have to provide an update when we do like a final sictron <laughs> update on what's to come and i am excited to talk about there that. will be many parties there will, listen it's this place is going to crush it it's going to be great there's gonna be a ton of families that are excited to come here they they're reaching out to us already and um we're excited we to get be, it open we and then and then once it opens you know ash and i will be on to the next one so Sweet. stay Go. tuned yeah Gross. Thanks.